Thanks for listening to today's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. In this episode, we're talking about what it takes to be a recruiter at Orion. Orion employs more than 40 recruiters across our five regional offices, and we're always looking for top-performing, former and transitioning military veterans to join our team. If you're interested in becoming a recruiter, listen to this show and send me an email at podcast at orioninternational.com. Today, I'm talking to Mike Wood, Orion's Southeast Recruiting Manager. Mike and I will discuss ideal attributes for a recruiting candidate, challenging aspects of the position, a day in the life of a recruiter, and perks of the job. Hey, Mike, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Megan. Today we're going to talk about recruiting positions with Orion. So this is a position that we're frequently recruiting for across all five of our regional offices. But before we jump into the position and some of the specifics on that, can you tell us a little bit about your military experience and your career with Orion? Absolutely. So I joined the Marine Corps out of Virginia Tech in 2000. I um, was assigned as a supply officer and was initially stationed at Cherry Point, North Carolina, Marine Corps Air Station there. I deployed to OIF-1 with a aviation ground support unit in 2003 and returned home in uh, 2004, rotated out to recruiting duty. I became an officer selection officer, as the Marine Corps calls it, which is an officer recruiter, and I was stationed up in northeast Pennsylvania. So I went to college campuses and worked with uh, candidates that were uh, applying for an officer program in the Marine Corps. I got out of the Marine Corps in 2007 as a captain and came to work here at Orion. I've been here ever since, uh, 10 years now, and uh, started as an internal recruiter focused on recruiting for uh, recruiting positions at our company, sales positions at our company, and then uh, quickly was afforded the opportunity to take over a uh, territory, which was the Northeast region, New Jersey through Maine. So I worked with candidates in that area, with employers in that area looking for military candidates. Uh, ran conferences and such until 2010 when I was promoted to the Southeast Recruiting Manager position uh, here in, in our Raleigh office. So since then, I've been working our you know, uh, our conferences here in the Southeast and uh, with candidates that are stationed at Camp Lejeune, uh, Fort Bragg, and other bases like that. Okay, cool. Very good. So how did you initially hear about Orion, and what was it about the opportunity that interested you? Because I know you just mentioned that you had a background in recruiting from your military experience. So was it that direct correlation that interested you or was there something else? Sure. So Orion, just like we do now, we uh, we advertised the openings that we had on our team uh, in our monthly newsletters and various communication from time to time. And I had noticed that in that newsletter material and, and never really acted on it yet because I was planning to get out for about a year and had started working with Orion well prior to my, my uh, last few months, you know, when you start interviewing. So what I did as I got a little bit closer when I was preparing to go to a hiring conference, I let my recruiter know that that's something I would be interested in. And matter of fact, I should give him credit. He brought it up to me as well. You know, he noticed that I was on recruiting duty. So, uh, so he mentioned that uh, you might be interested in this role. So, uh, so I followed up with him. I told him I wanted to interview for that position and um, I actually met with our team initially at a hiring conference and uh, then took the interview process further after that. And, and awesome. why was I interested? You asked why I was interested. <laughs> yeah. So it was, yep. uh, yeah, not just, the, uh, not just the direct correlation 
yes, I was in recruiting, and yes, this was a recruiting position, but um, I really I, I enjoyed recruiting duty because I was able to work with folks that you know wanted to achieve a goal. I was able to help someone on their on their path, and that path was joining the military. So as I started to look at post-military careers, that general sense of service, that general sense of helping others, really appealed to me. And um, you know, so yes, it was it was a recruiting job, but I think it was more of those uh, kind of intangibles, if you will, that really made me interested in the role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. So now that you are in the position and you're hiring new recruiters, what do you look for in an ideal candidate, whether it's background, education, military, occupation, anything like that? What do you look for? Over my time here as the Southeast Recruiting Manager, for so for now almost seven years, I've had the opportunity to hire six recruiters. Uh, of those uh, six recruiters, I would say that the number one trait they all had in common was that they were solid performers in everything they did. And, and I say solid performers, sure, everybody wants a top performer, but I, I know that that is, uh, you know, that's rarefied air to find the individual that was number one in everything. But I do want to see somebody that's well-rounded that did well in high school, did well in college. Maybe they were promoted um, or took over a position in the military ahead of their time. They just had that sense of, you know, they were, you know, they were always going to perform as best as possible and, and going to, uh, to flourish with whatever they were thrown at, whatever type of challenge. It, it doesn't have to be a specific degree. It doesn't have to be a, you have recruiting experience because I, I'm a firm believer and our company is a firm uh, believer in that you know, grow where you're planted type mentality. If you can find that person that can do well uh, with whatever they've been thrown at, they're going to do well at Orion. So mm-hmm. uh, personality-wise and, and personality traits, I mean, you do need somebody that's comfortable speaking with people. I mean, it's not a, you know, a lot of recruiters at Orion are uh, very outgoing. They, they may not necessarily be, you know, the life of the party per se, because our sales team has a tendency to be a bit more of that extreme <laughs> extrovert, right? Mm-hmm. But our, our recruiters are a bit more analytical as a whole, but they still need to be that type of individual that has no problem, you know, walking up to someone and starting a conversation. That that does not make them feel uncomfortable. Uh, so that's a personality trait that is, uh, I guess, self-explanatory in a people business mm-hmm. like that. But recruiters, I mentioned, they do need to be a bit analytical because part of our role is to make recommendations to a candidate based off of their background and based off of a job opportunity from a company, and that takes a little bit of a um, little bit of forethought. You, you shouldn't just shoot from the hip when you're talking about someone's career. So uh, you're willing to you know look over their background, look over their evaluations, uh, read the job description, understand the requirements, and then you know connect the two. So I guess you could also add to that a, a fair bit of intelligence. So, uh, mm-hmm. so with that said, you know, those are the basic personality traits that you know, I would say you look for up front. And, and then, of course, these aren't necessarily personality traits, but I guess those kind of work habits being a, you know, highly, um, highly organized and, and you know, having a high work ethic. You know, those are things that most employers want, and, and we would say the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are all good ones. And I think another one that's just a built-in bonus, so not even necessarily, you know, something that you have to look for is that all of our recruiters are former military. So you already kind of have the ability to relate to the candidates and um, you already have 
that sense of camaraderie. So maybe even if they're not the most outgoing person in the world, because you have that common background, it definitely is a plus and something that all of our recruiters have anyway. Absolutely. What would you say is the most challenging aspect of this position? It changes over time, but if you start with a new recruiter that's been here for, say, three years or less, the most challenging aspect is time management. But just to add a little bit more color to that, this position can be one that requires quite a bit of, um, I'm going to use the term multitasking, but not working on two things at once, but being able to go back to time management, being able to spread load your time so that you can work on two or three positions over the course of a day. Or we have some recruiters that may be preparing for one hiring event with uh, employer A, but also preparing to go to a base visit to meet with their candidates at Fort Bragg, for example. So you need to you need to learn how to manage that. New recruiters have a tendency to become a bit uh, overly focused on one task at a time, and so that has a trickle down effect. They get behind with you know the the number two priority on their list. It keeps getting pushed to the next day because they're still focused on priority number one. So they have mm -hmm. to spread load their time that way they can. Uh, you know, manage those multiple priorities throughout the course of a day in a given week. Yeah, and I think something that, you know, we talk about a lot internally is just how fast-paced Orion is anyway with all the different priorities that are going on, whether it's a conference or if it's an um, exclusive event for a client. There's always something that's going on. So I think being able to manage time would be a huge challenge for this position. So. But moving on from the challenges, what about the most rewarding aspect of the position? Everyone is motivated differently. There's no doubt about it. And some recruiters are going to be motivated because this is a commission-driven position where you have the ability to uh, earn commission through the, the work, through the, the candidates that you find that uh, you know, accept the roles that you put them in front of. I would say that that is important to everybody for sure. You know, that's why we work. But uh, ultimately, what I find the most rewarding is going to be that, that situation where whether I help the candidate find the job or not, where I, I realize that I helped make a difference in their transition. We often see candidates that we put the work in their dream job, and of course that feels great. But even those candidates that maybe found a job through a different source that are appreciative for the work that we do, and appreciate appreciate the uh, interview prep or uh, you know the resume guidance that we provide. That to me that that qualifies as rewarding because I'm confident if I do those things right, the uh, compensation will come. So again, everybody's mm -hmm. motivated a little bit differently, but you know, those are probably number one, number two, given uh, uh, the, the various recruiters across our company. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. So what would you say that a typical day would look like for a recruiter? Because we talked about the time management before, and I mentioned um, the conferences and having to prepare for those, but then, of course, we also do exclusive events for some of our top clients. But then I know that the recruiters also are traveling a lot to base visits and um, doing a whole lot of other things. So what do you think a typical day would look like for a recruiter? So there's five basic priorities that a recruiter may need to balance their time through. Um, new inquiries, which are new candidates that are coming into our system, the base visits that you mentioned, uh, a hiring conference, 
a mini conference, and then our non-conference positions that we call direct placement. Now, realistically, you're not going to work on all five of those things in any given day. But I would mm -hmm. say if you just had to, to take a, a standard day and break it down into three components, you're going to always work on your new inquiries. That's something you always need to stay on top of to help you know, new candidates that are coming into the system and to continue to find new candidates for uh, those future roles we're going to be recruiting for. You're always going to have some type of fulfillment recruiting to do, whether that's supporting a conference that's coming up or that you know, direct placement position. Maybe you're, you're taking the lead on conducting the search for the right candidates for that role. And then you're always going to need to do some type of sourcing activities or base visits, I would say, fall under sourcing where you're, uh, mm -hmm. where you're you know, contacting those, uh, those candidates that maybe aren't quite the new entries yet that you're prepared to screen, but uh, you're, uh, you're at least wanting to make that initial contact so you can meet with them when you're at Fort Bragg or Camp Lejeune or whatever base that you're covering. So with that said, you, know, you conduct you know, those three basic activities on a given day. You know, that's really going to be a full day. I would say mm -hmm. that your new inquiries will probably take two to three hours in the morning, just depending upon how many folks you need to follow up with. Then you'll probably spend another two to three hours on uh, – you know, on the fulfillment, recruiting the conference or the non-conference related work, and then you know, the remainder of your time preparing for your next visit to you know, one of your assigned bases. So, uh, so definitely Outlook is your friend. The calendar is extremely important to ensure mm -hmm. that you're staying on task and meeting the appointments on time that you need to, uh, need to meet to stay productive and professional. Mm -hmm. So between those five main components of the job, between the new inquiries, base visits, hiring conferences, the mini conferences, and then direct placement. I want to unpack a couple of those a little bit because I know, for instance, with a base visit, um, you know, if someone's listening to this and they're saying, I'm interested in this type of position, just want to give them as much information as possible. So what would a typical base visit look like? What are the recruiters supposed to be doing when they go there? I would say there's three different styles of base visit. The one that I always preferred was to set up more of a seminar style where I could advertise through various marketing channels that I would be conducting a career transition seminar that is going to provide value not only on um, you know, the Orion piece of the equation of meeting new candidates, but giving candidates information on uh, how military recruiters work, what types of businesses are hiring, what types of positions, things of that sort. So that was always my preferred method. Um, other recruiters may go out and do one-on-one -on -one meetings where they're contacting that same group through through the marketing channels that we have, but with the intent of meeting one-on-one -on -one to go over their resume or go over their background, whatever it may be. And then finally, of course, you have your TAPS class or your transition assistance class, whatever it may be called at the individual base, where you're, uh, you're able to go in and maybe you're presenting to a class, maybe that TAPS class is conducting a career fair, and you're meeting with candidates of all types that are coming in. So, uh, so all three options can be productive. A lot of it depends upon your target market, your target demographic, and of course your personal style. And if uh, you know if, if one of those matches with that better than others, it can still produce great results. Okay, great. Yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for. And then just to get a little bit more information about hiring conferences, a lot of the people that we end up hiring come to us through a conference. So I think they probably have a um, pretty good understanding maybe of what our recruiters are doing at conference, but what does a typical conference look like in terms of, you know, the type of travel it is, 
um, how many days it usually spans, and then what the recruiters are expected to do at conference. Sure. So the, to start with the easy part, the conferences are two-day events. It depends on your office, but most of them are on Sunday and Monday. Down here in the southeast, we operate conferences on Monday and Tuesday. So that means there's a travel day, uh, at least a half a travel day, the day before, and then you're usually uh, you're gone for two nights typically. Just depending on where that conference is, maybe you're flying, maybe you're driving, and also if uh, if you prefer to to fly or drive. So I'm definitely one that prefers to drive. So with that said, uh, the travel is actually fairly limited for a conference. You know, two nights away is uh, pretty quick. As for what is a recruiter doing at conference, most of what a candidate sees at conference is, is that's like the tip of the iceberg, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's the the coup de grace to everything that you've done. The front end of the conference is where the recruiters spend the majority of their time. It's almost like we're preparing to hand the the uh, the candidate pool, the group of individuals seeking work, over to the account executives at the conference. So we do a lot of work prior to the conference on understanding the candidates, going through their resumes, understanding the companies, making sure that we're preparing candidates through various interview prep resources, and then you know, making the right recommendations. That's the most important part is recommending to the job seeker and recommending to the employer who's the right match. Now at the conference, we are going to continue that same process. We're going to facilitate the interview prep at conference and, and uh, kind of put a nice, nice finishing touch on that. But then the recruiters often have a tendency to disappear a little bit because they're also finalizing the schedules. Recruiters are mm -hmm. responsible for those matches, so thus we're responsible for the administrative side of ensuring that the schedules are put together correctly since we know the, the job seekers and we know the, the employers that they're seeking. So, uh, so with that said, you know, it's definitely the conference process is uh, definitely a great to see as a candidate to understand our teamwork and our camaraderie, but it, it definitely is very different as you get to work for us and, and you, uh, you get to see how it works on the front end, the preparation process. Yeah, a little bit different behind the curtain than it is from what they're typically seeing. So Absolutely. good. I think that's a lot of information on both the base visits and the conferences, so I think that's good. Um, anything else that you want to say just about the day-to-day -day responsibilities for a recruiter? I think the last thing I would add to that is that the role can be as dynamic or as straightforward as you like. Some recruiters really like to operate out of our database and they focus on you know, evaluating the candidates and working with the candidates that we already have access to. But recruiters are also responsible for, I mentioned the term earlier, sourcing, finding those new candidates. So we have resources like LinkedIn and we utilize uh, resources through Indeed. There's also, of course, just personal networking through various groups and organizations to get your name out there and ultimately be a brand ambassador for Orion because what recruiters find is that while Orion is a great brand name that candidates are going to respect and have interest in working with, they're going to really make their decision based off of the recruiter and the person they're working with from the very beginning. So you have the ability as a recruiter to uh, use multiple channels to get your name out there and to make a great impression on the, the military candidate pool and uh, make an impact in that direction. Yeah, very good. So earlier in the interview, we talked about um, you know, some of the different things that are great about the position in terms of the rewarding aspects. So the compensation, but then also just 
you know, what you're doing on a daily basis and knowing that you're doing something great. So what are some of the other things that you enjoy about working for Orion? You know, when I first came to work here, it was very comfortable, I guess, because I knew I was going to be around other military veterans. So the transition process, the folks that are listening to this podcast can understand, can be very stressful and, um, you know, can, you know, can really, um, you know, you're, you're trying to find the right fit. It can overwhelm you. What's the right fit? Well, of course, you know, making a difference in, in my job was important, as I mentioned earlier, and having that ability to get that reward through helping people. Uh, that was check one in the box. But number two was the type of people I'd be working with. Uh, so, uh, so having folks that had a shared set of ideals and shared set of you know, experiences was definitely a plus. So I definitely enjoy that, even to this day, but that was really a, a primary reason why I was drawn to Orion. Um, other reasons that I like working at Orion, I mean, that's, that could be a, a long list, some that, um, you know, that may uh, you know, be hard to understand. So I guess I would just encapsulate it as a whole, that it's, it gives me the flexibility to do something that I enjoy and stay connected with a group of people that I enjoy while providing not only for my family in a tangible sense through compensation, but also through a great work-life balance. You know, we, mm -hmm. uh, we can have a tendency to work hard here, but we're not working you know, 60, 70 hours a week. So that, uh, that gives, us, uh, it gives us a great return on investment, for lack of better words, where I'm able to continue to, to do other things in life that I really enjoy. Yeah, so would you say maybe for people that have a little bit less time in the company because you've been here for a while and you're a recruiting manager now, so you've kind of um, proven yourself and proven that you've got that work ethic and you've done well. So do you think that um, the things that you enjoy work about working here, do you think that it's the same for, you know, a recruiter that just started six months ago, a year ago? Do you think that's about the same? I would say, I would say, yeah, pretty much about the same because, you know, even when you start here, you know, there's all those same potential to, to earn good money and to, uh, you know, to have good work-life balance and things like that. But, of course, it's going to change over time. When you've been here for a year, I mentioned earlier, your time management may not be as strong and your ability to prioritize may still be developing. So maybe you spend more time you know, working on individual tasks like sourcing for a position or a conference or whatever it may be. Whereas for me, I'm better at those things now, but of course I have additional responsibilities, whether they be administrative or uh, project management on, a, on an improved process or something in that regard th that continue to you know, add you know, more, uh, more, I guess, time and, and, and take up more of that day. So my, my point in telling you that is that the work-life balance still will remain the same. You know, it would be great if you could just get better at recruiting and not have those additional responsibilities, <laughs> and then I might be out of here at 4 o'clock. So, uh, so anyway, I think, uh, I think they pretty much remain the same. Now, of course, and I see this, again, our, the majority of candidates that we hire are coming straight out of the military. Of course, we have a couple people that have served uh, in the private sector before coming to work at Orion as well. That transition out of the military is difficult no matter where you go work. So I would say, you know, back to your question, while the things that you may enjoy about working here are the same in your first year, uh, the, uh, the other challenges are going to be different because in that mm -hmm. first year, that transition process of learning a new industry, learning a new role, uh, we, uh, 
you don't lead a lot of people here at Orion. You know, I'm the recruiting manager, but I have three people on my team. So m my point is that there's going to be an adjustment. You know, you're gonna you're gonna learn through that first year of uh, how to be successful in the roles, how how to uh, you know, carve your own path and, and do it the way that that works within our system, but best for you. And so those are some of the adjustments on the uh, the challenging side that you may expect in that first year. Yep, and I think that's, you know, the same could be said with any job. It's always going to evolve and have its own challenges that come up. So I think that that's good to know. We talked about this a little bit earlier, um, just in terms of your own background. So the fact that you had military or you had recruiting experience from your military career. And I know that oh, our recruiters come from such a diverse background. There's a variety of skill sets. I know we've had recruiters that had technical roles in the military, so something that you wouldn't think would translate at all. So when you're going out and you're recruiting for this role, do you ever see resistance to applying for this role because of the fact that they think, well, I don't have any recruiting experience. This wouldn't be a good fit for me. And if you do see that kind of resistance or response when you're recruiting for the role, what would you say to that candidate? You know, I've never run in, I haven't run into that consistently, but I want to answer the second half of your question because I have seen it a couple of times where folks feel like, you know, not having recruiting experience or sales experience puts them at a detriment. Um, the, you know, how, how do you overcome that, for lack of better words? Because as mentioned, it's not a prerequisite to have mm -hmm. recruiting experience. You're going to overcome that through you know, the intelligence that I mis mentioned earlier, which will affect your ability to learn. Uh, the ability to learn our systems it will come pretty quickly, but more importantly, the ability to learn how to read people and read situations and you know, uh, adjust accordingly. Because if some candidates, when we call them, maybe they don't want to talk to us because they think we're a solicitor. Some candidates uh, want to talk to you for hours on end, and of course, back to time management, that may not be feasible. So you need to have mm -hmm. that good emotional intelligence, I guess is the word I should have been using, uh, the emotional intelligence to, to be able to guide conversations and you know, set appointments and stay on that schedule, both with yourself but also with the candidate. So again, you know, the, the way I would overcome that is by asking a, a potential applicant about how they've managed their time in the, in the past, how they've managed conflict, how they've managed uh, or dealt with whatever term you want to use with, um, I guess, diverse groups. So if they were in a position where you know, they were you know, working with a, a foreign military uh, you know, entity, you know, maybe they were training Afghani soldiers, how did you go about communicating with them and learning you know, to, uh, to, to manage them and lead them? Those types of experiences that an individual has if you know they can articulate it well, is going to make it very clear to us that they could do the same thing with the very diverse group of people that we work with uh, as recruiters. So uh, I don't know if I answered your question completely. Hopefully uh, I was on the right track there. Yeah, you definitely did. I think really the key takeaway for me, and if I were listening to this, I would think that it all kind of goes back to what you said earlier between you know, someone that has a history of performance and someone that's ambitious and comfortable speaking with people. Just those things that you've already done that maybe it, it doesn't matter if you've recruited or if you've been in sales in the past. It's just those intangibles and the different things that you've learned throughout your military experience that are going to make you a good fit, not just what you've done in the past in terms of recruiting. So I think you definitely answered that question. Absolutely. And to add a, a bit of color to that, 
one of my peers was an accountant before he came to work at Orion. So he worked, he was in the Navy and then he worked in accounting and then came to work at Orion. One of our uh, peers is uh, Marine Corps logistics officer, no recruiting experience. You know, it, so um, my boss, Brian Henry, uh, infantry officer in the Marine Corps, no recruiting experience. So ultimately um, I, I'm probably rare in that I actually mm -hmm. have recruiting experience, whereas uh, everyone else on the team fit more of that intangible mold and have been very successful with those intangibles. Yeah, definitely. That's great. So anything else that you would want to say to someone that's considering coming to work with Orion, especially in this recruiting position? I think that the, the key is why do you want to get into recruiting? Why is that something you would be interested in? And listening to the, the front end of this conversation, do you have that track record of performance that, that we seek and that you can articulate that I've been successful in those areas? So assess yourself in those regards. It is not the type of job where someone can be successful just because it's in their town and they're looking for a job. You know, you, you ultimately need to have you know, that, uh, that ability to perform well with whatever task and, and those other traits we spoke about, plus a true desire and a true passion to be in this type of field because we do spend a lot of time in the office. We spend a lot of time on the phone. Nothing horrible by any means, but nonetheless, mm -hmm. it requires a, a bigger picture focus to know why you, you, are, you know, want to do that. Uh, so, uh, so those are the things that I would say. If you're interested in recruiting at, at Orion, to, uh, to think about uh, before uh, applying for the role. Great. So I think that wraps everything up. Thanks, Mike, for your time today. And I'll make sure to um, add a little bit of information when we post the podcast about how people can apply for a recruiting position with Orion if they're interested. Sounds good. Thank you, Megan. Thank you.